So I started to reclaim. I mean, everything is reclaiming. I reclaimed my identity from when I was 16, and and I reclaimed the the broader, fuller relationship with God. And some things I'm starting to see so differently. And this um this understanding my gender identity, I think, partly did that for me. Welcome to Thin Places, a podcast experiment from Zion Episcopal Church in Douglaston, Queens. I'm Father Carl Adair, the assistant rector here at Zion. On this season of the podcast, we're sharing stories about thin places in time. Stories of people who step across a threshold into a new chapter of their lives. And when they look back through that doorway, their past has a different shape than they'd thought. For Dylan Kaiser, the threshold was coming out as a trans man. Coming out made it possible for Dylan to reclaim parts of himself and his history that hadn't fit into the story before. Recognizing a male identity at the core of his being allowed him to experience a new wholeness and to receive it as God's gift. It was a 50-year journey, and it was a moment of astonishment of revelation, of grace. Dylan and I had extensive conversations about how to present his story here, because it's so tender for him, and because in this moment, the stories of trans people have sometimes been weaponized against them, or used in bad faith against other folks with different gender identities. Dylan has stressed again and again that this is just one person's story, and not a statement about any quote-unquote right way to be trans, or to have any other gender identity for that matter. Lastly, I want to say personally how moved I've been by this story, and how honored I am that Dylan has been willing to share it with the Zion community and everyone listening. Here's Dylan telling his own story. My name is Dylan. My pronouns are he, him. I'm a Christian and I'm a transgender man. In my 20s, I came out as lesbian. I lived most of my life identified as a lesbian. I fell in love with the person who later became my wife in my late 20s and that was a big focus in my life. I had something else going on, though. When I was 16, I knew with every fiber of my being that I wanted to be a boy. And this was a long time ago. This was 50 years ago, and there was very little information out on gender identity and what little that was available was about people who had had surgeries um, to affirm their female identity. In those days, they were called transsexual. And there were, there were a few articles and commentary about the topic, but not a lot. And one that one thing that came up repeatedly was that you're not 
transsexual if you're a girl who wants to be a boy. You're transsexual if you're a man who knows he is trapped in a woman's body. There was no model, really, of, of people who had transitioned from female to male that I knew about at that time. I just, I just decided maybe I'm a girl who needs to embrace her masculine side. Maybe, maybe all girls and women are like me. I'm just more aware. And um, as a teenager, for me, the conclusion, I'm just more aware, meant I was on track. So I stuck with that. And um, it didn't come without big problems, though. Um, I had a lot of internal conflicts and the idea that I didn't have a right to exist. That, that, stayed, that stayed with me. Um, I st still have some of that with me. For a, a, a lot of years, I decided that I don't have a gender, that, um, that, that my gender was something externally defined and people see me as female and I've been living a life as a female adult because that's where society places me. And that story worked for me for a long time, but not completely. And then in my, uh, somewhere in my 40s, I was in a store in a, in a winter coat and it, it was one of those stores where you sort of stand back away from the register. So the, the cashier, when the cashier called me, he referred to me as sir. And then I went up to the cash register and he heard my voice and he's like, oh, I'm sorry. But I went home and I said to my partner, someone mistook me for a man. And I was so excited and I was, I was floating for weeks. I didn't quite understand why. I understand now why. I just, I thought it, it, it must be because I, I felt I was really cool that, you know, that this like two genders do express in me and I'm a balanced person. But it, even then I knew it didn't match the level of, of joy and something. It was, it was an enormous disconnect and it, it's very humbling to me because I've always thought of myself as someone who I did. I worked a lot, I went into therapy, I worked a lot in communication and knowing myself um, the lesbians I hung out with were very self-aware, and I, you know, I figured like I had a lot of that around me. And and every time I'd come across some gender stuff online, at by then, um, this is just a few years ago, I was kind of interested, and I kind of started thinking that you know, like I kind of had both genders in my identity, but I still couldn't connect with it, and. Um, I read about gender fluid and I started thinking, you know, I, that's a little bit about me, but it still didn't quite fit until one day I read a description of gender fluid that said um, that many people who are gender fluid will switch gender identities over a period of time. It could be hours or it could be years. And that was exactly what had happened in my life. And at that point, everything clicked into place. And I thought I had answers, but I was still, something still didn't feel right. You know, here feeling like I really had things figured out, the, the, um, the anxiety and, and the longing 
that I felt, um, and I didn't really know for what. I liked it about me that I had a sense of both genders. I did not feel non-binary. I felt everything going on with me was binary, but it was switching back and forth from female to male. And when, when I identified as female, the male was gone. I had no connection with that part of me, and that felt like a part of me was dead. But when I identified as male, the female did not disappear, and I felt whole. I felt I wanted to know what was going on, and I started writing down on my desk calendar what my identity was that day, and um, also noting when it would slide to the other identity. And I was becoming very aware of the experience of the slide, and it was it was just an, an awful thing. Um, if it was male to female, it, I didn't want it to happen, and I had no control over it. And it was, you know, not having control over such an internal thing is it's a terrible feeling in any way. I was happier in the male identity in general because something not being missing. Um, but I started being happier in the male identity as a male identity, not as an integrated male-female identity. And so I um, realized at one point that this, this is who I am. The, there was a huge loss on um, my identity as a lesbian. Many transmasculine people who come out um, and identified as lesbians still do, and that's very valid, but it's not my reality. I don't, and I have no measurement for what that loss is. That was my entire adult, adult life. My um, perspective on social justice was developed at a lesbian newspaper where I volunteered. Everything came out of being a lesbian, being in the lesbian community, I was profoundly in love with someone who was a lesbian and would never have been involved with a male. And in fact, in the few times that I brought up the male questions over the years that we were together, she just kind of ignored me. She didn't like even want to hear it. Um, and. Just a huge, a huge loss. I didn't. I didn't come to the to realizing that I'm a trans man until after Cecilia had died. I think it would have been very difficult. Um, and and I do think now sometimes you know I think I think what will it be like you know one day when we're back together and will will this affect us and you know as you know a level of detail that as Christians we don't know how that is but um, I I know that I feel her. With me, I know she's close to me. I know that she um, 
just kind of rooting for me to like be okay in life and and I'm sure that the things that were important to her during life have evolved and um that's that's the best I can do I just I don't have an 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 answer for myself and and it's, and it's unsettling um it's about it's not even a year and a half since she died um I guess what I'm saying is that the relationship is still very much a part of my life and um it, it kind of the story's not over Years ago, I had stopped going to church because of some very painful things that happened about me being gay and out. Trying to connect back with the church um, has been difficult. And as part of not, as part of when I stopped going to church, it was it was so sad. I didn't want to do this, but it was the only thing I had. Um, Whenever I would think of Jesus and my heart would open and I would think of the Eucharist too or praying in church, I would just like change the subject in my head and think about something else. Because for me it was so wrapped up in, in church, this, this deeper relationship with God. I, I had to take a step back from my relationship with God. Our, um, our plot is at Zion, and so wonderful things happened. Um, at, the, at the burial, I, I didn't do a funeral. When, when we had the burial, Mother Lindsay called me. She said she would be there, and she's really nice. And, she's, um, and when, when I met her, I was just knocked over. She's like, she wasn't like priests that I had known before. And, and you know, Episcopal priests tend to be pretty cool, but this was like another step forward. And and then, um, you know, I was I was at home. I was like, went through the first couple of months that all I wanted to do was cry. I was like fine with that. But then I started to feel you know, kind of isolated and I really didn't have much to do, and I thought, oh, I'll go to church. I like church. So I started to reclaim. I mean, recla everything is reclaiming. I reclaimed my identity from when I was 16, and and I reclaimed the, the broader, fuller relationship with God that church plays a role in for me. Um, and so this was going on, and this, this became a, an intense journey because it's... Um, the, it had been a while, but it's also an intense, um, an intense area for me. So, the um, the the process of, of finding a support group and going going working things through, and the male identity was very much within this broader journey. And it's part of it, and um, I feel like I um, was really mad at God. Um, when I started to reconnect with church, I, I, I was like, 
why couldn't you have helped me with this before? <laughs> it's like my, my theme going through life. There's been, there's been a lot um, of disappointment in God and anger during the years that I was away from church and some coming back and, and over time that's decreased and, um, and some things I'm starting to see so differently and this, um, this understanding my gender identity I think partly did that for me um, because when I was 16 I can't really say to God, where were you when I was 16? Because any other solution at that time would have brought me harm. And now things have changed and now the resources are there and they came into my life. And, and I feel like I don't usually feel like, um, oh, God did this at the right time. God healed me at the right time. God did whatever at the right time. But this was so the right time, and it was a 50-year gap. It, it's just pretty there, you know, pretty concrete. I, I, see, I see how God works differently. Um, I feel more trust of God's process in my life and in the world. And... Um, That's something that seems like a really bad thing when God is finished with a phase of it is really a blessing. And things that are, are still problems in my life and um, some of the social justice stuff that I've been you know, a little closer to that is just really, uh, just shouldn't be, you know, things happening to people that just shouldn't be. Um, I don't feel they're okay. I don't think they're okay with God. But I feel like um, I get it when when some some of the, the great leaders who have, have brought forward human rights in our society have talked about it being a really long process. I feel like I have um, some emotional and spiritual buy-in to that now. And I feel, a, not a lot, but a, a little more patient with some of the things in my own life that are difficult. I just want to say again that I feel, I feel whole. I feel alive. I feel clear, like, like less complicated inside. I feel astonished when, when God does great things. I think, I think we always feel some astonishment um, or some version of joyful surprise. I, I feel um, frightened. Navigating as trans in the world is turning out to be complicated. 
the, the simplest things like a driver's license or, or looking for a new apartment. Everything is a little scary. But I wouldn't trade what I have to get back that security. It's worth it. It's worth the any difficulties that I've had and, and will have. I think that's it. I'm so grateful to Dylan for sharing his story with us so candidly. Given that the church has been a place of hurt for him, it takes such courage and real vulnerability to tell the whole truth about himself, all that he's learning about himself. And I hope that all of you out there listening will be moved to reflect on the mysterious ways of God in your own lives and on what parts of yourself or parts of your past are waiting for you to reclaim. I know I'll be thinking about that. Thin Places is a podcast experiment from Zion Episcopal Church in Douglaston, Queens, produced by me, Father Carl Adair. Our music is by Nick Marcella. We'll be back with another story of a thin place in time in a few weeks. Until then, peace be with you. <laughs>